Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know whether I'm on or not. Amen. Praise the Lord. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I guess we get up high enough, we will get there. You can be seated. How many votes to put in our new PA system? Amen. I think the amens have it. So when I spend the money, don't complain. Our system's outdated. Our system was donated to us by a black preacher or a black person out of Africa. And he donated us 25000 We put twenty five with up and put in a system that's outdated. The reason why we're not on television in Africa now is because they can't broadcast analog systems. It's got to be HD. And for a period of time there, we was broadcast all over Africa. Millions of people, same portions of the service, because the one that put it in owns a television station. Uh, the sound keeps going. I don't have any sound. But we will get to it sooner or later. Boy, we got a happy crowd this morning. Amy is happy. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Almost. There, there he's coming. One, two, three. Oh, okay. So we'll see if we can do something about that. We'd like to welcome each one. Now they're too high. They went, you went too far somewhere. Patience of Job. Welcome those on live streaming this morning. Some complain that they can't hear. Some complain they can't see. And some complain that they can't hear. That fulfills scripture in this hour. <laughs> Eyes but can't see. Ears but can't hear. And basically broadcasting that doesn't work too good. Amen. So, but we will get there. Here we just went. We lost me somewhere. You're bringing me up and then you're taking me down. One, two, three, four. 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 All right. Are we there yet? PA system is just like a preacher's wife. If she's not happy, the preacher's not happy. <laughs> Amen. But we welcome those again on live streaming, those in Canada, those in different states that views in each week. Uh, and they send their tithes and offerings in here, and they actually, I think, deserve to hear and see the best quality that we can get out there to them. So we'll just break down, and uh, we can't take our money with us anyway, so we'll just break down and put in a high-definition system, digital. So all you have to do is punch a, punch a robot, and the robot operates it, and we will be all right. Even the musicians will be happy. Amen. That's kind of hard to do sometimes. I would like for you to remember Brother Brown this morning. They say that he is in the final stages of, of COVID and looks like that basically uh, he's just about give up on making it. They, I think they got him set somewhere where they can treat him. That's sad news for us. George Smith, I think, is the one that brought it into the church. He is in the hospital. And uh, so let's remember praying for him also. I don't think he is as bad off as brother brown is but there's several that basically come down with the COVID when he come in for a meeting 
I'd like to thank God this morning that we have not been uh, invaded with that demon. There's nothing, nothing different except we stand on the Word of God that we are protected by the grace of Almighty God. I'm sure every church believes that, but I, I hope we just believe it a little bit stronger because every disease germ that touches our body will die. I have that hope. I have that covenant. And the blood has not lost its power. It, it, it went somewhere. I don't know where you're taking me, but we just went. Go back to where you was. One, two, three. A little more. One, two, three. All right. So we just uh, pray that they will, grace of God will basically intervene or whatever the outcome is. It Now, how many knows that basically God will not take your life now? I run across that quote this past week. It's kind of strange. Brother Brown said, God won't take your life. He turns you over to the devil, and the devil has to do it. And he'll do it by sickness. He'll do it by this or that or one or more. But Satan is the one that takes our life, but he can't cross the river. When we cross over that river, he can't touch us. His territory and his rights are finished. But how many knows that the devil's plan and program is coming to a close very quickly? But right now he's roaring and he's in full control. So keep that in mind. All right, let's look at our text this morning. We've been on a, a series, basically, a process to glorification. And to basically state first, people in general do not like a process of God. They want something yes, no, now, or whatever more. They don't like it in a process. The church world as a whole has never wanted the process. Starting from the Garden of Eden all the way through, they wanted it instant. I believe I get it. If I don't believe it's done, there's nothing to it. It is a process. We're in the process, and the revelation or the, uh, I call the identification of the elect, is the elect knows where they're at in the process. And they're able to identify the process, therefore identifying themselves as the believer in that stage of God's development. He's building a body, and that body is a body of believers by His presence, by His Spirit, and He has promised to glorify that body and place it into a kingdom to rule and reign for a thousand years with our King, Jesus Christ. That must become the great hope set before you. What you'll see in Scriptures is the key has always been able or the failure to recognize the written Word of God being fulfilled right before you. If you recognize the Word being fulfilled in its season, then your revelation and your hope comes from understanding the unfulfilled Word that lays next in the process. We can bring you all the way up to the fulfilled Word, what we preach most of the time, and the next Scripture unfulfilled that's in the process and ready to be manifested is the resurrection of the sleeping saints. The resurrection, I believe personally, is that part that Brother Branham said, watch the third pull then, which we understand the third pull is the revelation of the Word that brings you to or brings about the resurrection and then your body change to go to, to the wedding supper of the Lamb. 
I hear many preachers preaching on going to heaven or going to the marriage supper called the rapture. But remember, there is a step or two steps before the ascension. And there's no need me preaching on the ascension and miss the two steps that's going to get me there. So we got to be in what I call church order. All right. Church order is not having a deacon stand behind at the door checking the length of your skirt. Church order is recognizing the process of the word, what step it's in, so we can be in harmony with it. Our confession must be in harmony with the scripture that is being fulfilled. So the resurrection will be one of the greatest, most glorious events that we can't even explain or even fandom because it'll be f so far above Pentecostal anointing and speaking in tongues that there's no comparison. It will be our adoption, our placing as sons. It will be the manifestation of sons. It will be our glorification or the end of the process that was brought there by the confession of the mouth. All right. So what we're in this process, we're in absolutely step number six which I'm simply calling the spirit of rebellion or anarchy must go. If you read the seven parables, and there's seven parables all through the Bible. Matthew 13 has seven parables. There's seven church ages. Matthew 16, we've been going through seven steps. Every seven, God is revealed in sevens. That's His process. It's the same parable over and over. I could take Matthew 13. Lay it side by side with these seven steps. Lay it side by side with the seven church ages. And you'll see that each step is in union with each step. Each portion is telling you the same thing in a different manner. All right? So we're absolutely in the seventh church age and actually been called out of it. Therefore, placing us as a unique people now who is trusting in what I call True predestination. I call it cold-hearted predestination. We are elected. We are controlled by God's Word. Or we're being controlled by the devil. One or the other. So we're looking this morning basically in Matthew 16, 24 to 26. I'll have to look in the Scripture because I didn't write it down in your notes. And I can't quote it by memory. So we'll read Matthew 16. How many loves the Lord this morning? Amen. In Matthew 16, 24 to 26, we're going to look at step number 6. Remember step number 4. Every word of God must be fulfilled to the letter. Now, there was a spirit in Bakeson in the early seven, late 70s, early 80s, that picked that understanding up that every word had to be fulfilled. They carried it over to the message, stating that every word Brother Branham taught had to be fulfilled in the flesh. Therefore, they brought forth the doctrine of polygamy, where that, that had to be fulfilled because Brother Branham spoke of polygamy. Every word of the written word has to be fulfilled. And if you're trying to fulfill the quotes as you understand it, you will go in perversion. You will absolutely go into perversion You'll go into legalism, you'll go back to the law, and you'll miss this unique revelation of God's grace, Him here as the judge, and you already been declared 
righteous. Now you either take that by faith, or you rebel against it, argue with it, or stick your mind up in a way, and you'll go by the way of the tribulation and the, and the destruction. Because every word must be fulfilled, and the New Testament is full of being destroyed by fire. Anytime you see the word fire, you're looking at this end time age. It's speaking of the end of this hour, this age. The whole Bible, God's judgment in fire, is referring to this end time Laodicean age will bring it to pass. America and the world is fixing to be judged by fire. There is coming a destruction called the sixth seal of the tribulation. We cannot stop it. It is just as sure to be fulfilled that Jesus was born of a virgin 2,000 years ago. And therefore, is there a way of escape? What does the Bible tell me? If he's going to destroy it by fire, does he provide me a way out? And he always provides a way out for his elect. Or I'll put it this way, those that will accept the way out. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way out, but few there be that find it. So we're looking at this process. We pray this morning the Holy Spirit will use our bodies, take over our minds and hearts, to let us see by our heart of understanding His plan and who we are in this hour. Matthew 24, or 16, verse 24 says what? Then said Jesus unto His disciples, If any man will come after me, and remember who was he? He was the Word made flesh. All right. If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life, that's your soul life now, shall lose it. And whosoever will uh, lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? And lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Let's pray. Father, we ask your grace upon us this morning, and we ask you to overshadow the flesh that will get in the way, and we ask you to speak through our lips of clay this morning words of eternal life. Help us to understand and see who we are and what we are, and your word that is being fulfilled among us in this hour. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. And everybody said, Amen. So, we still follow the principle of Alpha and Omega. I've always said, and it took me years and years of reading the Bible, 12 and 14 hours a day, to understand principles. If you don't understand principles of the Bible, you'll not understand doctrine. There's a principle of Alpha and Omega. That principle holds true from Genesis to Revelation. That's the only way that you can understand God. Sowing and reaping, the seed doctrine, pro and con, life and death. Those principles is the only way you can understand the teaching of the Bible, what we call true doctrine, which is eternal life. All right. So we're still following the principle of Alpha and Omega. We're looking at the process of glorification that was laid down by Jesus. As I said, we could go through many seven parables. Matthew 17 is the most uh, enlightening one. It's the sowing, son of man sowed, the wicked come behind it, whatever more leaven was added, right on through down to it's destroyed by fire in the end time. And this is where we're at. So we have been looking at Matthew 16, starting with the question by Jesus himself, 
to his disciples that we would absolutely think. How many thinks the disciples that were called aside walking and talking with Jesus each day, they should absolutely understand who and what he was? How many would think that they should understand who he was and what he was? But we find in scriptures that they didn't. Contrary to popular belief, the disciples did not have faith as the Gentile church has faith today. They had sense knowledge faith. They either seen it or it wasn't real. Show me a sign. If I can see it, feel it, and touch it, I might accept it. If I can see it, feel it, and touch it again, and then see it and feel it and touch it again to finally convince me that I'm seeing, touching, and feeling. They were simply controlled by their senses, the carnal man. So what we're looking at, they should have known, we think, understood who Jesus was and what he was. We have come to the conclusion that what he was, that he was the written word of God, the Logos, which is basically the written, Rema, spoken by prophets and written down, that we call Rema, which is simply Logos, written down. He was the scriptures, the written word, manifested or made flesh. People said, well, do you mean that he was John 1, 1? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. They always get tied up with the word with, because if something is with someone, then it must be another something or whatever more. They all want to make Jesus of Nazareth, the Lamb of God, the one that's doing the speaking. They want to make Him the Word of John 1.1, and the prophet said, if you make Him the Word of John 1.1, you have two or three gods. If you misinterpret Jesus of being John 1.1, you have missed God, period. Jesus was the only begotten Son of God, fulfilling Psalms 2.7. He was absolutely begotten from the womb and not from the tomb, as the scholars teach. They teach Psalm 2.7 is when He was begotten again from the dead, using Acts over there. But if you'll follow the text, he was not begetting again from the dead. He was raised up as David was raised up king. Jesus was raised up king. Not from the dead. He was born from the womb, the Son of God. Amen. It's not that difficult to see. So he was basically, you cannot make him being born from the tomb. He was born from the womb. Fulfilling Psalms 2-7. So we see here that basically Jesus claimed that God was his father. Now remember we read to you the Nicene Creed and those creeds where it denies that every one of them is eternal on and on and a bunch of jumbo mumbo that doesn't mean anything. But common sense will tell you that if you are a son, you had to have a beginning. The message is full or basically... Uh, predominantly, United Pentecostals are oneness people, believing in the Godhead, God one like your finger. God is one like your finger. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is the Logos, and the Holy Spirit, and all three of those are one. But that Father begot a Son by creating in the womb of a virgin, both the seed and the sperm come from God the Creator, 
making God the Father or the progenitor or the source of a body that was a man called Jesus of Nazareth, the only begotten, uniquely begotten, that way, Son of God. If He was not uniquely begotten, then we're still lost. Because it took a perfect blood of a perfect man to redeem us from the fall of the first Adam. Come on now. Adam put us in sin. He sold us out. We lost our inheritance, which was the earth. We were born to take dominion over this earth. He lost it for us. But according to the covenant, we are going to inherit it or be joint heirs with Jesus because Jesus reclaimed and redeemed the covenant at Calvary by His death, burial, and resurrection. He has promised to become heir to it. Right this morning, Satan rules this earth. Every government, every politician, every human being that is not born again by the Holy Ghost is ruled and dictated and controlled by the devil. Amen. You say, oh, it can't be that way. There's too many good people in the world. There's a lot of good people controlled by the devil. Amen. So what we're looking at is this. Jesus we find in the Scripture, if you go to Luke 11, 14, and 15, and then follow it up through Luke 17 to 22, you'll find that Jesus, when He come forth, He began to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. We're going to find in our study that the gospel of the kingdom is the seed to immortality. Because if there is a coming kingdom, you can only get there by immortality. If you're promised eternal life to live in this kingdom, then the revelation or the gospel of the kingdom promises you or is the seed of immortality. That revelation is the seed of immortality, which is called eternal life. We'll pick it up in the Scriptures. There's too many uh, Scriptures and quotes in the, in the notes, but read them and you'll find where we laid it out in the Scriptures. Now watch. We find Jesus, when He come forth, He was accepted as long as He was feeding the people and healing their sick and doing these good works. We find in Luke uh, 11, He got in trouble when He began to cast out a demon. I remember I got in trouble when I cast out a demon out there in Phoenix. I've had trouble ever since. Because they wanted to know, by what authority did you cast this devil out? And we know that we understand the message better than you. We know that you're off the word because you preach two lords. We know that you do not believe that Jesus the man was deity. How can you be wrong and cast out a devil? You must be doing it by the prince of devils. That's what they told me. I find that that's exactly what they told Jesus. That's exactly what they told Brother Branham. So you watch this spirit as it comes forth. He cast out a demon, and they accused Jesus of using the power of Beelzebub. Well, they understood that the devil had some kind of power. Now, you can go through the study and go back to Moses 
you find out that the Jambers and Jambers withstood Moses by doing the same supernatural things that Moses done. They used the power, and all power comes from God, so Satan had to use the power of God because, remember, he was created perfect in all of his ways. He was full of wisdom. He was co-equal with God. Therefore, he had the delegated authority of God from the beginning. Satan knows how to use the principles and the law and the power of God. People misunderstand the devil because they don't think the devil can dress up in a church or someone that's trying to do good. Therefore, if you've got a priest on, you've got a collar turned around, or you've got long dresses, or you look sober like you died 10 years ago, you must be holy. If you're riding in a buggy, you must be super holy. Come on now. Look, message people, if you think dress is going to get you there, the Amish is going to go in before us. If dress is the code of you getting there, what's wrong with the Amish? There's nothing worldly about it at all. How many of you brothers want to wear homemade overalls? And all of us wear blue. I don't particularly care for blue. I wear blue, but I don't particularly care for it. As long as, if you got blue on, I wouldn't want blue on. Because I like to be different. I would look pretty sad in a beard. I tried for 10 years to grow one. Nothing come out, so I shaved anyway. But wouldn't that, by our standard and our conduct, be holy? Boy, you're awful quiet. Therefore, we can't go by how the women dress. We can't go by horse and buggy. We can't go by no electricity, no soap and water. To be holy, there's not a holy person in here then. So every one of us has missed the mark this morning. And let me challenge you this. You start quoting me, Brother Branham said, don't do this, don't do that. I'm going to find out that we keep going down the list. You are not keeping everything that you know that he said we must keep. So therefore, no matter how you look at someone else, sooner or later you're going to miss the boat yourself. And the more you judge someone else, you're guilty of everything that you accuse them of being. So it comes down to the limit that there's no man that can fulfill the law. So why don't we wake up and find out, is there some way to make it without fulfilling the law? And it is yes, trust in the grace of Almighty God. Lord, have mercy. I tried that legalism for 28 years. It won't work. Well, shouldn't we dress modest? Absolutely. Should men have long hair? No. Should women have long hair? Yes. Should we wear sacks? No. That's not what it takes to be modest. Just dress like a normal, decent human being, and you'll find out that you'll get along with your husband, and you'll get along with God. What God is looking for is not what you got on your body. He's looking what you got in your heart. He wants the Word, which is Himself, in your heart. He wants something inside of you that will say, Amen, to Him, the Word. So be it, Lord. 
if God told me in this word to go jump over three fences and cut out a tree, get out of my way. I'm going to go jump over three fences or climb over them or hire somebody to put me over them. And I'm going to saw down a tree and I've arrived. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we see when Jesus cast out this demon, they accused him of using the power of Satan. Therefore, they understood that Satan had a power. Can you see the power of Satan operating in the world today? Every government, every politician, every nation is controlled by the devil. The power of America is unity in unbelief. Churches are full this morning with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people all in agreement that there's three gods and we're going to go to heaven someday or the church is going to get, get enough to take over the world, which is a lie of the devil. Eve, when she fell, she become a type of the woman, which is the church. She become the first false prophetess. Because she began to say the, church, the tree is good for free, the tree, the, and the devil, God just got through saying that it was not good for this, and it was not good for that, and she declared that it was. Brother Branham says she got so deceived, she thought every word that she said was, thus saith the Lord. The woman always portrays the church. The way the woman goes, the way the nation goes. And we got one up there now. Praise be to God. We got a lot of them up there now. Whew. If Satan be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand is what Jesus said. Watch. Brother Branham in the greatest battle ever fought, and that's an older sermon. He said, now what did Satan do? Satan had the others anointed. Another quote I got over here. I didn't have time to read it this morning. Brother Branham said, these Jewish leaders that were talking to Satan or talking to Jesus about casting out a devil, they were anointed by Satan themselves. Because Jesus said, you are your father the devil in John chapter 9. If, you, if God were your father, you'd know who I was and so and so. He said, now God, Satan anoints his servants. Satan anoints his servants. You mean I can be anointed by Satan? Absolutely. Most preachers you hear behind the pulpit today, they so, so wonderful words are anointed, not by the Holy Ghost, because they're contrary to the written Word of God. Then who are they anointed by since there's only two powers? There's only two kingdoms, two races of people, two powers. We don't have to worry about being woke today. Most of us in here are basically should uh, have a guilt complex because I was born white. I don't care if I was born purple, blue, yellow, green, black, or whatever more. I'm still a child of God if I'm born again. Skin color has nothing to do with God. Are you following now? It's election. We're going right back to the Garden of Eden. Cain and Abel has come to a maturity again. Cain killed Abel. We're going right back to the white and black. It's a funny to me, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's funny to me that the blacks are so anti-white, why don't they leave the white women alone and marry their own kind then? 
all these woke black guys that's saying this and that, most of the time if you see their wife, they're either white and blondes. What does that tell you? Brother Bram said Eve looked like Marilyn Monroe in the garden. That wasn't bad, was it? Oh, Brother Gregory, you don't believe that nonsense. Well, you don't believe a prophet then. All you had to do is think a little bit to see what the, what's going on. So he said, Satan anoints his servants. Uh-huh. He anoints his servants. What does he anoint them with? With unbelief. Satan and his demons anoints humanity to disbelieve God's word. If Satan anoints you to disbelieve God's word, I would think it would take the Holy Ghost to anoint you to believe God's word. So as long as your mind is struggling with the Word of God, you know where the anointing is coming from. Let me ask you a question. Who talks to your brain? That little voice that goes on in your head up there all the time I talk about? Boy, he gets pretty serious sometimes. If you listen to him most of the time, you'll figure out that you're not even converted and saved or know anything about God, period. Where does that junk come from? Something happened to me. I just left the, left the building. One, two, three. Well, praise the Lord. How many votes to get a system pretty quick? I got, I got two votes. I, I should get two votes. I don't even know where I was at now. Let's start over. These religious leaders, according to this scripture, the sound went somewhere. I don't know where I'm at. She throwed up her hands too, so I guess we got all got our hands thrown up. Do what? Well, I'm not interested. You hear me? I'm interested hearing my hearing myself. <laughs> if I can't hear me, why well, it don't do any good for you to hear me? So you find out that these religious leaders, according to a prophet, accusing Jesus. Of using the anointing of Satan were themselves anointed certain servants of Satan. You'll find in the Bible all the way through, and it will end up by the incarnation of Satan in a pope, that the religious world is completely controlled by demonic power. There's only one enemy in the Bible against God, and that is religion. It almost makes people afraid to go to church anywhere. John called them the father of the evil one, or called them absolutely, called them serpent seeds. Brother Branham also said, Satan anoints. That's what I want to get across this morning. Satan anoints. You said, That's the Holy Ghost. I can feel that. The only way you can tell the difference between the Holy Ghost and the devil is by the word. You cannot judge, well, Brother Gregory's critical. He thinks he's the only bull. In, I've been accused of everything from being a devil to being a saint. You cannot put up with the personality. I can try to be just as sweet and nice. I can even hold my head just away and basically I can, oh, God bless you. My brothers and sisters, syrup runs off your lips and all that. That's not my makeup. I was not called to be a soft-speaking deceiver. 
I was called to preach and challenge the devil by the Word of God. Therefore, I teach in such a way that basically it's not boring like one, two, three, four. But I teach the Word of God in such a way that it will be interesting, whatever more. But the teaching of the Word is preeminent over everything else. So no matter how I scream and holler, shed tears, how soft I get, how soft I that has not one thing to do with it. You judge the Word of God. Listen to what's been spoken and what's written in front of you, what the Scripture says. Put your mind on God and let Him talk to your heart by the Word. And you'll find out that it'll make you mad and it'll make you sad. If you're of God, it'll make you glad. If you're against God, it'll make you mad. So my job is to make you mad to see if you can get glad. Because you'll only remember something if you get mad at me or you get happy or you laugh at a joke or whatever more. You'll hardly remember anything in between. So sometime this morning I'm going to try to make you mad. Pray that you'll come back. But knowing if there's an elected seat in there, I can't make you mad enough to quit. My job is to make you mad enough to quit. Because if I can run you out by the Word of God, you can't ever get in to start with. Are, are you, how many is following me now? I cannot unconvert you. I cannot unsave you. I can challenge you by the Word of God, test you by the Word of God, tumble you over and over, make you so mad that you'll spit, but you'll, oh, glory to God. You still come back as the Word of God. Boy, you turned me on in. Somebody did. Now, God wanted you to hear that, I guess. How many votes for a new system? <laughs> Amen. I can't seem to get her going here. Whew. That's enough to give an 82-year-old some kind of whatever. Brother Bam said in Israel, Don't never underestimate Satan's power for deception. Don't you never underestimate him period he said Satan's power is limited he can only go so far that's true faith's power brings to pass God's revealed revelation faith's power brings forth God's revelation what I'm trying to move our minds from is the last phase of the move of God called Pentecostalism. Was anything wrong with Pentecost while it was in that stage? No. Brother Branham was in that shut stage. I had a church split in Canada over that quote. Because they believe Brother Branham was the seed. Brother Branham was not the seed. He was a seed of God just like you are. But his stage of the process of immortality was the shuck. But he said, with all that looks like the original thing, you pull it back and you still cannot find life, which is revelation. In other words, you couldn't find any revelation in the Pentecostal movement, even in his message or in his church. It hadn't developed yet. It had to formulate. It had to grow. It had to go through the 
process of the last age, and the last age goes through all seven steps in one season. Have you follow me? He will sow and he will reap in the same age, the same season. The reaper will overtake the sower. So this morning we're sowing, it's going in and it matures and God will reap it in the same cycle. Praise be to God. Whew. Brother Bam also said in the next quote, you have two powers, two kingdoms, two peoples, two races, but no more. Right out now. So there's only two powers. And Jesus answered to the religious leaders of that day, which he was answering serpent seed, religious leaders. Pharisees and Sadducees was serpent seed in its highest form. They were religious. They were the leaders. They understood the law. They quoted the law. Moses, one of the chief ones among them, he said, I'm the chief of sinners. I killed the elect. I persecuted the church until that pillar of fire showed up on his road, struck him blind, and he said, Who are you, Lord? That Jew wouldn't call nothing else God but the Logos or the pillar of fire. That pillar of fire said, I am Jesus. Oh, see, Jesus was God. No, no, no. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that pillar of fire, showed up and appeared to Paul. He was the Logos God Himself. His name is Jesus. The name of the Father and the name of the Son is Jesus. Come on now. I come in my Father's name and you receive me not. What was the Father's name? Jesus, Jehovah, Savior. All the compound names of Jehovah was poured into this one person now. The religious leaders were astounded at Jesus' answer. What was it? He that is not with me is against me. Is that statement true? Okay, where are you this morning? You're my family. I've preached to most of you since you've been born. I didn't preach all my life to see you perish in the end. Where are you this morning? Are you for the Word or against the Word? See, it's just as simple. There's nothing complicated about it. Well, I'm not for you. I'm not asking you to be for me. If you don't like my personality, go somewhere that's got a good personality, but make sure they're teaching you the Word of God. Well, I can find one. If you'll tell me who it is, I'll listen to them. There's a lot of good brothers out here preaching good sermons. I'm not against that. But I have yet to hear someone that's come down on the Word of God word by word in this hour. Brother Lee was the teacher of this age approved by Brother Branham. He's dead and gone. Outside of that, I don't see hardly any teachers left. Amen. Not like that anyway. If you're either for him or against him, there's no in-between. Today, we are either for the Word or we're against the Word. You can go into your politics thinking 
You'll see where this cult, which is a religion, called the Democratic Party. It's not only no longer politics, it's a religious devil. I'll read you a quote in here a few minutes that Brother Branham told you they'd vote in a few crazy people and take it into oblivion. Brother, I can put names on those crazy people this morning. When they tell me I've got to have a nervous breakdown because I was born white, somebody's crazy. But remember, what we sow, we're going to reap. If it goes long enough, the whites will take the same place as the blacks was in the time of slavery. And it looks like there's a spirit on the whites to submit and become passive and submit to that spirit, that demon that's going to control them and put them under dominion of anarchy. We're submitting to keep from absolutely resisting. It's going to cost us our lives in the end. Watch now. So we find in the Omega, the ministry went forth in this hour. Brother Branham went forth healing the sick and casting out devils. And he didn't have any problem. 40,000, 50,000 out. Jonesboro lined up by the 1,000, 200,000, 500,000, anyone. They all lined up, truckloads of crutches and whatever more. No one had any problems until he began to open his mouth and teach the Word of God. When he come to do what he was called to do, and that was correct the era that was produced 2,000 years ago in the times of Paul by the religious legalistic Jews that mixed in his congregation that Paul, Timothy had problems with because he couldn't get them away from the law. Well, Peter said, now go ahead, Paul. Uh, we, you're kind of intellectual. You need to go ahead with them Gentiles. They're heathen anyway. They don't know nothing. But make sure that you make sure they circumcise them. They don't need any meat with blood in them. And they keep a holy day. In other words, remember the ceremonial laws. And remember this and remember that. And Paul said, hogwash. You preach grace and live by law. You already fell from grace. So they had a little knockdown, drag out preacher's meeting. Peter and James went on and set up their legalistic theories. Paul went to the Gentiles and began to preach to the heathens the grace of God. You're saved by grace plus nothing. So we didn't see any problem this hour until this ministry began to correct the creeds and dogmas of organized religion. What was the biggie? Well, he started with the Pentecostals trying to tell them that the false anointed and that tongues was not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. He started out with a little vision. Went out to Pentecostals. One man rose up and spoke in tongues. Next man rose up and interpreted. He said it was a true message from God. But he looked over with a little gift that he had and found out the one that interpreted the word was bared to a brunette and was at, going out with a blonde. In other words, he was a whoremonger, adulterer. 
And he said, I just couldn't figure this out, how the Holy Ghost can use one of them that's a child of God, and the other was nothing but a devil. And the church hadn't been able to figure it out yet. The bottom line is, Satan can anoint, and Satan is in the disguise of religion. And anyone that stands behind the desk, which we're in this morning, has to worry, are you being controlled by the devil, or are you controlled by the Holy Spirit? I can be 99% right, and teach you one word off, and I'm gone. Now, who in the world would want to stand behind the pulpit and put people's souls in jeopardy? Brother Branham said they blasphemed the Holy Ghost by speaking against the teaching as being from Satan, making Jesus a false prophet who was showing him signs and wonders by vindication because they failed to remember you cannot judge a prophet Hey, means listen to me now. You cannot judge a prophet because doing so, you're judging God who is present, declaring Himself. Right now, we got this big movement because of the brain and the computers and their intellect that they think they can pull up all these quotes. Put it down, divide word to word, that they got superior brain, that they can prove that Brother Branham made a mistake. Therefore, if he made a mistake, he wasn't a prophet. All his thus saith the Lord to come to pass by the thousand, that don't have nothing to do with it. He said 700 instead of 7,000. He's false. We don't have to listen to him. You're judging God, who is the Word. You do not judge a prophet. We have no ability to judge a prophet. Are you following me now? Because what? We are born a slave to tradition of our elders and of our parents. If you're born a Catholic, raised Catholic, you're a slave to Catholicism. People born in the message under a Pentecostal law, they're still a slave to Pentecost and the law. You say, well, the kids are renegades. But if you sit down and talk to them, every one of them can tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. Come on. I don't find any message child raising the message rebelled and went out because they didn't want to live the law, but they're still a slave in their minds to that law. Now, once they rebelled against the law, grace can't seem to find a way to bring them back. Because in their minds, they have to do so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. They have to do, do, do to be saved, and they know that they cannot do it. By you knowing you cannot fulfill the law, you're closer to the kingdom of God than the legalist that thinks that they're going to heaven because they can live the law. The law only builds your pride. 
It makes you think that what you're doing makes you special or that you're holy or you're doing something pleasing God. When you come up against the revealed word and doctrine, you think your mind can discern or tell people what's right and wrong. It cannot. You're born blind to the revelation of this hour. We're born blind to truth. Therefore, like Brother Bram said, I once was blind, but now I see. You have to be born again by the revelation of this hour to be able to see Christ, the tangibility of God's Word. If you can't see a prophet, you'll never be able to see God, period. You can't. There's no other way. There's no way to see God outside of a prophet. You, you can take this Bible and wrestle it to your own destruction. And the only way you'll ever see God is through a prophet. Jesus said, when you see me, you see God. What was he? A prophet. So self-imposed blindness. Just a few minutes. I want to get to this point right here. Self-imposed blindness in this hour that we're living in now. Brings a state in which forgiveness becomes impossible. We preached a whole series, the ineffectual power of the blood. The blood is effectual to cover the sins of every person ever born. But it becomes ineffectual when the Word of God comes and confronts you. This is the condemnation. This is the judgment that light is coming to the world. You wouldn't bring your soul to the light to have it examined. You wouldn't bring your religion to the light. You wouldn't bring your creed. You wouldn't bring your dogmas to the light. You wouldn't take your church book and bring it to the Bible and have it questioned. Because you've been taught as a child, anything that questions our faith is of the devil. But you didn't fail to see that your faith was built on a creed and a dogma that was from the devil in the beginning. There's no church system, no organization, no building that's got a name on it of any kind that's not formed and formulated around an era of the Word of God. Every one of them's got their creed. Every one of them's got their confession. Every one of them's got what we believe in. Which that's why we believe in one God, we baptize. Everyone is right. But when you bring it down to what the dogma is, what the doctrine is, compared to the written Word of God, they all say no. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. Watch. So unless basically you say, well, there's no forgiveness, what is it? God does not cease to forgive now. There's forgiveness. But the person who will not see the Word made manifest or won't look at the Scriptures that's been fulfilled to tell you where you're at absolutely shuts out the light of God. Because light is the word manifested. There's no light in Pentecost anymore. There's no light in God sent a prophet. If that teaching doesn't bring you to who you are and the presence of God, that you can look in the mirror and say, that's me. I'm a son of God. I'm a seed of God. I'm under an unconditional covenant by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
My name was put in the Lamb's book before the foundation of the world. Before there was ever one stardust. Before God ever brought forth any attribute. I was there. I was there. I was there. And I was ordained because I followed God and stayed with the Word. Even back in angelic form, I stayed with the Word. When Satan rose up with all of his slick talking and singing like Jimmy Swaggered and all this stuff, I said, no, no, no. I'm going to stay with that crude, hard word. You don't think Satan was more smoother than Michael? Michael looked like a rugged hillbilly compared to Lucifer. I think Lucifer was probably one of the smoothest. Oh, hallelujah. And he could play that music. The greatest musician God ever made. The most beautiful creature God ever made. More wisdom than God ever made in anyone. He was co-equal with God. And guess what he was joined with to design? The woman. He designed the woman. Satan has designed every church in existence today outside of the bride of Christ. And she wasn't designed. She was born by the elected grace of Almighty God. You always was a son and daughter of God. As long as a person holds to his own desires, his own opinion of the Word of God, holds to creeds and dogmas, he will not win the battle of the mind by church creeds and dogmas. I hadn't even got to the text this morning. Watch it. But that's all right. Karen, y'all want to come? We'll just have a good day out of it. You can't overcome the anointing and rebellion of this hour by dogmas. You're not going to win this battle for the resurrection with quotes. I can stand here. I've got your lesson full of quotes. You've got more quotes in here than you'll probably read. And I can read them to you this morning. It'll be like pouring water on a duck's back. Because we've heard quotes, 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 quotes. And after 40 years, if that quote hadn't done anything for you in 40 years, it's not going to do anything for you in 40 more years. When are we going to be woke? In other words, wake up from this power of darkness. Cast off this demonic power off of our minds and declare that we're the sons of God and you can cast out devils by the true doctrine of Christ. We can win this battle and we will win it. Because the last parable is he's going to take these tares, he's going to put them in a bundle and they're bound together today just as tight as tick on a hound dog's back. They're bound. They can't get unbound. You couldn't beg them out of organized religion. You couldn't beg them out of Trinitarian. You couldn't beg these people to see truth. No, if you put a 45 to their head, they wouldn't go and serve see truth. Why, Brother Gregory? It's because they're anointed. Read this quote and finish. As long as Satan's got the rule... And he still got it. This one little, see if he didn't see Trump in this hour. This one will build up a little bit. I see Trump in this day just like I'm watching television. 
Remember, this is 1954 when a prophet told you what the end condition was going to be. This one will build up a little bit, and a few righteous men will get in office. In other words, we're going to vote in a few good men. They will build up a little bit. There's not been a president, I don't care what your or politics is, but there's not a president been put in office, and it's all the elected of God that's done more for America and for the people of all races, poor, rich, or blind, or whatever more, than, than Trump done by his policies. He didn't do it, his policies done it. It just took the power of the devil off your back for a little while. They'll build up a little bit, and then Satan will reach over here and tear the thing down. In the first 30 days, that devil tore down every good thing that happened in America for the last four years. In 30 days, in the first hour when he said amen, he took his pen and killed 30 and 40,000 jobs right off the bat. I don't feel sorry for them people losing their jobs because every one of them voted for the idiot. You know why? Because they were anointed by Satan. You say, well, that's good people you're talking about. I'm talking about what they're anointed by. I'm talking about Scripture being fulfilled. Don't get me wrong. We're not criti criticizing the people. We're talking about the Word being fulfilled to the letter. And he said he would give the world over to the power of Satan for a little while that his word could be fulfilled so he could destroy it by fire. He said, that's right. Then the first thing you know, with that great prince that's coming someday, every man, every nation fighting, watch, let this be the international language. If you don't see that in America, though, this woke culture is the anointing of Satan. If this gets out, this church is done. But if it's done, let it be done over the Word, not from us hiding from the devil. I'm not some brazen martyr. I'm not out here wanting to be slain for the cause. But we still got to hold for truth regardless. Let this be the international flag. Don't you see what's going? They're uniting nation to nation. They're all coming against Israel and the Christian church. It's coming. How do you know? Revelation 17 and 18 tells you it's coming. Let there be an international flag. Watch. And they're fighting for power and don't realize. Watch now. They're calling up a bunch of crazy people. Boy, he put that right on the money, didn't he? He's calling up a bunch of crazy people, and we're in the kingdom, and we're in the kingdom that will possess the world. We're in a kingdom that's going to take over the whole thing. I don't care what the devil does, and he's going to take over. He'll control everything, and he'll destroy everybody. But we are heirs to a kingdom that cannot be destroyed. Come on now. We are the sons of Almighty God. And we know who we are, and it doesn't make me any difference if he takes over everything and burns it all to the ground. That's what he said. We will walk out on the ashes of the kingdom and of the earth to earth and set up our kingdom right here on earth. Let's stand this morning.
Why? I put in your notes why. Perilous times was promised to come, and perilous times is here. One of what Paul was talking about when he said men will be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. That's not only their natural parents, that's their spiritual parents also. I've never done anything outstanding to basically receive any respect from anybody. But the office of a pastor, you should respect that. Not the man, the office. That office, by the Word of God, is ordained to bring you to a completion. Without it, you're not coming to a completion. It takes a five-fold ministry to hone this word down, to bring it down to a small, small group of people that will mentally agree with the Word of God, deny their own opinion of the Word, and say, the prophet said it, I believe it. Like I said, deny thyself is not denying yourself to drink, smoke, cuss, chew, and whatever more. You got to deny creeds and dogmas, take up the revealed word, which is your cross, and follow the word. Amen. Not follow me. If God tears this thing out a few more years, I won't be here talking to you. You'll say, Praise God for that. That's all right, too. But there'll be somebody else come along if you're a believer, there'll be somebody come along. And he'll be rude and crude just like the one you got. Because he'll have a revelation of the Word. He may dress a little better. He may talk a little sweeter. But as he reads that Scripture, places that Word in line, that Word will still cut every creed, every dogma, and every unbelief you got in your heart and your mind. It'll cut it out and circumcise it down to nothing. Your spirit of rebellion against the Word must go. What do you mean? Our spirit must come down to where we have no trust in anything of ourself. If you're trusting yourself by what you do and don't do, there's many people that can perform and submit their will to something a hundred times better than we can. Christian science got more love. Pentecost got more display. Every church has got more something. But they hadn't got what we got. They don't have a revelation of Jesus, who He is and what He is. And therefore, they don't have a revelation of who's here now. The Almighty God, the great Jehovah, the pillar of fire, the Logos Himself, the judge that is here bringing to pass His Word in you and me. And the next step is what? Resurrection body change, and translation. So don't single in on translation. Single in on resurrection and body change. The next great move of God that we can't even fathom, and I don't even know how to preach to you to even get you in the territory that you might think what it's like, is resurrection. I can't even imagine it. I can't even picture it.
of standing here one morning, possibly, and all of a sudden around the wall you see your loved ones and those that you know, and you will recognize them. They'll be young men and women, but there's something in you that will recognize them, and when you do, you'll, if you had a mirror, you could see that you've changed back to a, a person about 24 years of age. You have absolutely become immortal, and the process by your mind of receiving word on top of word, let every word be fulfilled, Death to your creeds and dogmas. The spirit of rebellion against the revelation must go until we are caught away into the presence of Almighty God. We're in that process. We're already on the seventh step. And the next one is the appearing of the sleeping saints in our presence to finish the process to immortality. Without the promise of a coming kingdom, we have nothing to look forward to. Amen. Take up your cross and follow me. And what is the cross? The revelation of the word of this hour that's revealed to you that you must take up that word no matter what test or comes against it, family, friends, or whatever more. There's no price that's greater than the price of your soul. What would you give in exchange for your soul this morning? Maybe a car, girlfriend, boyfriend, a little pleasure here, whatever more. It's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. If you could only catch the future of the coming kingdom. Oh, take up your cross and follow.